Happy St. Patrick's Day. What a week. Bank failures. Crude going under 70. Tech. Everyone has to own tech all of a sudden. No one knows what to do with the 200-day moving average. We got a lot to talk about here on Pre-Market Prep. CC Legator is going to come on at 8.35, and we're going to get an education in the options market. Pre-Market Prep's getting started right now. Let's go, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We got a nice range overnight, a 30-point range. We snuck into that 4,000 handle, but man, that sellers couldn't resist. Pre-market high, 4009.25. Pre-market low, 78.50. Oh boy, the close. I'll be looking at that close at uh, 94.50. That's going to be a big number. If we start to go south, folks, I have no idea where support is. We have the dollar trading down 13 cents at 103.96. Bonds moving around up about a half a point at 131 and 14, 30 seconds. Crew desperately trying to get back in the 70 handle up 58 cents at 68.93. Gold enjoying uh, another rally here, trying to make a new high for the move up 17.40 at 19.40.30. Silver trying to get in the 22 handle up 27 cents at 21.96. And Bitcoin having a good morning. That's up almost 2K at 27,050. Let's bring in uh, Triple D and Triple D. I tell you, you have been on fire yeah. this week. Really good week. My best week of the year, just probably because leaning the right way. Um, yeah, it's been just tech. And I mean, we talked about this three days ago on the pre market show. We we're talking about Microsoft and tech potentially turning this around. Oh. Microsoft's up 21 points in three days. I mean, it is the turnaround story, but not just Microsoft. Um, it's tech altogether. And you'll see today here, we're going to talk NVIDIA here in a few minutes because it's catching an upgrade here. But you can see what has turned this market around. Um, and it's not the banks. And we are definitely not out of the woods. Don't by any means think we are. But this was flight to tech because it didn't know what to do. And that's what we're continuing to see, although now we're getting a little bit lofty. Just the rotation, you know, where is the rotation going to? And, uh, you know, debt, that's not good, especially this week. Um, you know, your value stocks are built. Some of these are built on a, a, a lot of debt uh, as well. Uh, but. Boy, oh boy. Let's, uh, I mean, I, is the story of the day that this NVIDIA upgrade, do you want to start with that one? Or uh, we or the FedEx earnings? Look at FedEx. I, I think Holy actually, necro. yeah, I think both. I think FedEx, everybody's going to talk about it. I do think the story of the day is the NVIDIA upgrade right now, just because this is like so ridiculously late to the party. But, you know, we can start it either. I mean, the banks are still the story of every day. Yeah, you know, FRC I think that's, that's the story, right? I mean, FRC the, probably the Federal Reserve report. 
Yeah. And 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 the federal report of, of the loans out, right? Oh, my how much gosh. loans are out, man. Did you I mean, see that? That's insane. So let's start there. That's let's where I think there. that's I think that's the top story. Do you have those day. numbers in front of yeah. you, Mitch? Yeah, they yeah I, I got them. Short CNBC was showing them. Let's let's see. All right, let's, let's get to that. Show let's these, go for show these so, numbers. Um, we're talking about the Federal Reserve report that was released, uh, released Thursday. As of Wednesday, banks had $153 billion in loans at the discount window, a longstanding tool, of course, that the Fed provides cash to banks in need of liquidity, but they need to pay these back in a fast manner, right? The discount window ones. Um, this actually broke the previous record of discount window borrowings, which was $111 billion, And that was in the financial crisis, which was yeah. 2008. Yeah. This is $153 billion now. They both banks, la- this is last week. Yeah, just, just last week. The yeah. banks also had $12 billion in credit from the bank term funding program announced Sunday night to make bank lending available for highly favorable terms. Um, the unfortunate part, of course, is that this report does not tell us who took the money. No. So I, I wish we knew this, right? I think everyone's looking at that question to see who took the money. But the Fed also extended $143 billion to support the FDIC's guaranteed of all depositors in failed SVB and Signature Bank. Uh, these programs ramped up the total on the Fed balance sheet, escalating the total by 200 97 billion dollars team these numbers are all insane and just to put this in perspective this is coming from cnbc but i saw it last night and like i said they steal our content all the time so we can steal theirs back but um coming from cnbc last night they don't even credit for us when they take it um (laughs) 100 so 153 billion dollars borrowed last week the previous week, Joel, guess how much was borrowed the previous week before all this problem started? I like three. they really close, Mitch. Four. Five. You guys were all four. around it. They borrowed $4 billion the previous week. Last week, they borrowed 153 Tell me there ain't problems, man. Yeah. The biggest week of borrowing ever, breaking the record. There is serious problems behind the scenes here. So that's what you've got to analyze here. And tech, again, they think tech wins because the Fed pivot's coming soon. I said that three days ago. I do think tech wins here. But now you're just getting lofty. Like I'm getting to a point where I feel like selling everything again. Because one, I don't think we're out of the woods by any means. And two is we don't know what the contagion risk here is. And don't kid yourself. Tech is good right now. We haven't any more bank failures. They're getting bank failures again. They start hitting everything. Now, they may hit other stocks harder. I still like tech relative. To mm-hmm. everything else. Like I was saying, I like to trade hedge. So I don't mind being long tech and short other things against it. But just to be flat out long the market here is kind of scary. So I'm trading market neutral with a bias to be long tech and short cyclicals, short the value. That's what's kind of been working. That can reverse quickly too. But I just think there's a lot of problems here still. And looking longer term, I almost feel like I feel like just liquidating everything again, Joel. Like I know we're not quite up to there, but look at the Q's move. I mean, we are not far from the yearly highs. And here we were just a couple of days ago, just a couple of days ago, four days ago, breaking down and talking about, are we going to give it all back? And the Q's just reversed on a dime, predicted on this show. Um, and, you know, it's been straight up. So I think the time to ring the register in those trades is now. 
We're also on a quadruple witch, Joel. And you tell it, talk about this because you track this stuff. We know many times change, quadruple change. witches can be turning points for the overall market. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's any different here today. Uh, what about this? May be the comment not only of the of the year, but this might be one of the best comments ever in the history of the pre market prep show. What's Maybe that? they borrowed the hundred and fifty three billion and bought the cues. I think so. <laughs> the banks borrowed all the money and just bought the cues. <laughs> that knows? would be, yeah. Um, yeah no, I mean, all joke. these stocks are traded. I see um, Microsoft is still trading up too. So we'll just do a quick analysis. That's trading at the highs of the pre-market session. Yes. Uh, I would just track that. And, mm-hmm. uh, or if not, you know, if you're not like in the trying to pick the high kind of mode, then, you know, maybe if it goes red on the session, I mean, yeah, maybe you'll give up 240, you know, 250. But if it keeps on running on this AI news, then you could just maybe trail the stop up or, um, you know, if you want to hold on. The really interesting thing, though, that I, I see here in Microsoft, and I don't know if the other charts illustrate it, is last month's high was 276.76. Prior mm-hmm. to today, the high was 76.56. So this is making a new monthly high. It was resistance last month. We know what happened. So uh, that's a good level um, in uh, in Microsoft. Uh, Apple, if you're looking to peel out, there's like two, three highs, maybe four highs in the 157, 156, 157 area. That's where we got up to in October before we puked. That's where we got up to in February before we puked. So it's identified areas of resistance. The Gookster, I think, you know, it broke out of the 96 and a half area. This one, I probably wouldn't be as anxious to dump because it's getting, you know, it's a ways away from last month's high at 108.32. Uh, for that one, and Amazon, Amazon and Google back in triple digits, folks. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Uh, there is a pair of highs in Amazon if you're looking short term, right around the 101 area. I did dump Google, so I did actually, and the reason was it's come all yeah, the way back here now, back up. I just feel like I want to raise some more cash here now, and you know, and I'm not completely, um, you know, I, obviously the trading has been going very well. The, the long-term portfolio is just, you know, it's going up, it's going down, it's going with the overall market here. It's come back a lot in the last couple of days here. Probably because I have a few tech stocks in there. I do have the queues in there. It helps a bit. I just feel like, man, this, now we've got this like, oh yeah, we're pivoting for sure. Oh yeah, it's tech. Oh yeah, we're going back to all-time highs. I think it's irrational exuberance in tech to a certain extent here. Because we're still in the middle of a potential financial crisis here. Nothing has been solved. So so as much as like they were hitting tech before, which was probably unwarranted three or four days ago, now the buying has just got a little bit too much. To Spinner's point, AMD yeah. is up 18% in three days. It's up 18% in three days. Full disclosure, I do have a trading position on AMD. Um, but you know, not, not just picking on that. And then we can take it to the NVIDIA upgrade here. Because hey, NVIDIA has hey. been going straight up to... The analyst note was nothing short of incredible. I tweeted out just uh, it was a, uh, I tweeted out from Christian Fromhertz who was just showing a bit of it, but you know just reading from the note, um, mm-hmm. which was from Bloomberg. Uh, Bloomberg had it, but we can get the note too. But just reading because it it's coming from Bloomberg. They said um, in- Nvidia's upgrade to overweight from equal weight. Morgan Stanley writing that the development of generational AI is too much of a mega trend. 
to get distracted by tactical concerns. What they're talking about is the overall market is crap right now, but we can't help it because NVIDIA is just got this AI going. There's a significant shift in cloud spending towards AI, even as budgets are under pressure. We have been too data point oriented around a positive bigger picture, but the narrative is too strong to remain on the sidelines. I'll read between the lines here. They've been wanting to get this note out here, but they're concerned about what the hell is going on with the overall macro picture with the with the banks. And they're like, you know, scared to kind of come in here and upgrade it. And now they see tech starting to take off. They're like, okay, we're upgrading because we really, you know, kind of probably been holding this note for a few days to allow, you know, the bank's pictures to get a little more clarity there. They want to upgrade something. We go to a financial crisis and everything tanks. They basically like, we can't take it anymore. We got to get this note out there. It's like a panic upgrade. It's almost like a panic upgrade. So with that being said, NVIDIA is going to lift on this. NVIDIA is one of the strongest stocks right now. But it just feels like people are panic buying here now. And I feel like this analyst from Morgan Stanley, I feel like this is a panic upgrade. Yeah, they would way to go. Just just one more thing too, just uh, to add to our our list of worries um, on the macro front. Uh, we do uh, have Chi. It's supposedly reported that Chi's going over to Russia uh, on yeah. Monday. Yeah. So um, you know that's there's all uh, that's all. This, this oh. has been talking. This has been talked about, and of course, what is going to be talked about is. The, the threats, right, that has been coming from the U.S. about China not giving Russia weapons. A lot of people are thinking that this is exactly what that meeting is about. That's that it's China talking to Russia okay. about. All right. I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring. I mean, well, there you go. You, you, you can't. You, you can't wanted to dump it. the uncertainty. Yeah, if, you can't. If your you can't. portfolio just ripped higher and you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now, I think it's a time to take a few of those profits. I do think that I might be wrong. I was right a few days ago to get bullish tech. I mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to rip this hard. Yeah, and I right. got out of a lot of those trades way too early. I didn't yeah. think it was going to be this violent of a rally. And it mm-hmm. really was. It caught people off guard. Um, they they brought up stocks yesterday of those tech stocks that were even like not even going with the rally. Like Micron and Marvell. Those were two that I'd kind of note just because... They weren't even coming in this rally. The, you can see in the daily chart, they were actually downtrending. Yesterday, they just picked back up. Um, so we'll see what happens with these tech stocks. I also wanted to ask you, Dennis, what do you think about the China tech trade being a little bit of a catch-up trade now? Um, I did see a report this I morning that, yeah. by Baidu. Also, this morning, they just put out that they now can operate robo-taxis in part of the capital city of Beijing with no human staff or driver inside. So it looks like they're making a step up in robo-taxi. They're already getting a little bit of a jump up. Could this be a little bit of a catch-up trade? Yeah, or? I think so. I actually tweeted that out yesterday um, that could China have a potential, the China tech could potential have yep. a catch-up I trade. caught that, Dennis. I think as long as the geopolitical picture remains the same, that is a possibility. The biggest problem is the geopolitical risk here, which we have talked about, Mitch, Joel, extensively on this show over the last six months. Xi meeting in Russia is not good news, you know, and all of a sudden, if they, they start siding over there, again, investors will get concerned. But I do think if we don't hear anything concerning on the geopolitical side, I do think some of these Chinese tech stocks have not participated at all. They started participating yesterday. To your point, Mitch, Baidu mm-hmm. had a nice key reversal yesterday, Joel, BIDU, right at the lows, 
closing right near the highs. Big reversal. It opened Big very foul, low, yeah. and yeah. they couldn't stop buying it yesterday. So that's interesting. PDD. Nice key reversal, too. Not as big as the Baidu one, but it's there. If you look on the dailies, what that means is the stock made a new low and then turned around and made a new high. So I do like that. I did actually buy some Alibaba for a trade. I have it on. It's just a trade right now. I'm leaning on that low of the move. Tight leash because I'm scared of the geopolitical risk. I bought it yesterday and right around the close, 82.20-ish. I bought it near the end of the day. Um $80.15 where I would stop out if it starts to break down below there. But just saying I'm watching the action in Baidu, I just don't wonder if you could get some follow-through and maybe uh, Baba, which I'll, which usually tracks pretty good with Baidu. All right, let's get out of the China tech talk there. We can go to another. Let's go you know what? I did do any technicals in NVIDIA real quick yeah, because let's, that's going to be – that's going to be the hot stock of the day. That's the flavor of the day, right? Uh, and I maybe, you know, the leader, you want to take a look too. Uh, 261.40 stands as your pre-market high. I don't have any nothing on the monthlies until 275.58. I think we're going to have to go up. Man, we're going to have to go out a while here. To find something. Oh, do we get a gap fill today? You we did. might even be getting you that did. gap fill. Two fifty nine thirty one. That's a gap fill, man. If you've been waiting for that gap fill and you're waiting for that <laughs> high of the day at two seventy three nineteen that day, then congratulations, man. Congratulations I, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for man. holding on, man. That's a one hell of a gap fill there. Took so. a long, that's took a long, long time. way to go. So. Hey, but they say no V bottoms. Look at that monthly chart. That that's pretty V-ish for me, I think. Yeah. I don't think we were expecting NVIDIA to get back this fast. Let's be honest. It's funny. When I do when I do my raps, you know, for uh uh for pre-market prep plus subscribers, you know, I always do that the uh the big winner of the day and the big mm -hmm. loser of the day. Yep. And like NVIDIA, man, it's like NVIDIA is up like six percent and the SP is up like a you know 1.2%. And then on some of the big down days, but it is just man, you talk about a high beta stock, it looks like uh AMD look like a penny stock. I mean, yeah. man, oh man, let's just take a look at AMD too because you got that's trading up in the pre market, uh, pre market high for that. Uh, 98.47. You got a little bit more of a reference point on the monthlies, 104.59. But the real interesting thing about this uh, AMD compared to the NVIDIA chart is NVIDIA is taking back half of the move, right? Over half of the move. Yeah. And if AMD takes back half of the move, this thing's going to what? 110. 110 because of what 160 to 60 we're just uh spitballing it here i, I just uh, feel like we are like at the peak almost on some i agree I, I, again the back row picture and nothing against nvidia but the p is not cheap hey AMD watch your bids it's not man. a cheap stock watch your either. Bids, Dennis. the macro watch picture is too sketchy to go all in on tech here it's a fun trade i still like the relative strength here i still think i'd be long tech relative to something else but I'm scared to just be flat out long tech for the simple reason, not tech's fault whatsoever. Tech looks great right now, but the simple reason is the macro picture is simply too cloudy. I mean, the analyst in the Morgan Stanley note was saying he was holding the research back, basically saying, uh, obviously we don't know exactly, but it kind of reading between the lines. They're holding the research back to see what's going to happen here. And then we can't take anywhere to get it out there. So that makes me a little bit nervous. 
It's something definitely to keep an eye out. We'll find out what happens there. I mean, maybe there is no more banking situation. Maybe it's already done. And then maybe you're looking at tech. Highly course, unlikely is the problem. Highly course, unlikely. The, the, the pivot I, I, is I, probably what to, you'll I'd need. I'd love that to be the truth, match. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would. And a lot of people that are betting on tech, especially long-term right now, probably yeah. thinking that. All right, let's I get think, into- unfortunately, Ooh, that this banking situation, I have a bad feeling that it's going to accelerate. I mean, even look at Credit Suisse here, Joel. They got the big bailout this week. The mm-hmm. stock got the big pop. What is happening? It's going back down to the lows. Because yeah. you know what? It's a Band-Aid, and the market knows it's a Band-Aid. And Credit mm-hmm. Suisse failing is a hell of a lot worse, I'm sorry, than Silicon Valley Bank failing. I'm sorry. Um, we knew... Credit Suisse is nothing new. This isn't new information. We knew this eventually can of worms was probably going to open. It's just maybe going to open at the worst possible time because we have so many other banking issues right now. And then if we get a Credit Suisse failure on top of all of this, very, very scary. FRC thinking about it in the chat saying it is tanking. Yes, it's been down all morning. It was down worse last night. Um, they, they They suspended the dividend. They're trying to raise capital. There's a lot of banks going to help them to raise capital, apparently. But I just don't think FFRC is the only one. People are asking what I do with my other banks. I sold my key bank. I bought it. It went up substantially. It went back down to where I bought it. And then it went down below where I bought it. Then it bounced back towards the end of the day. And I was like, you know what? I There's too much unquantifiable risk. I just can't take it here. And I moved on. So um, I'm out of the key bank. I also sold the majority of my PACW. Same thing. It literally went up from $9.50, I think I bought it, to $17, which I wish I would have sold it all. I sold half around $14.5. I didn't even close to $17. And then I watched the whole thing collapse in two days. Goes down to where I bought it again, right down like $8.50. I actually was down it. And then yesterday in the afternoon just gets a ridiculous rally. That must have been on the FRC bailout stuff. Goes from $8.50 up to $13.5. So I got out yesterday. I did not get the 13 and a half. That would have been nice. But I got out of the majority of it. I kept a very small 10% of the original size position just for fun. Stuck it in the very, very long-term portfolio. And I'm like, you know what? Zero or not. But I'm majority of the banks that I'm, I'm now out of because I just can't take the risk. I can't quantify that risk, which is nothing short of incredible. Definitely. I mean, uh, right now I'm seeing JP Morgan down about two points in the last kind of like 15 minutes. Uh, it's definitely starting to drop there. It's about a little low, a little more than 15, but definitely seeing some of these banks already starting to drip down here in the pre-market. We're ugly of course, right now. Of course, FRC was trading lower in Thursday's after hours. Um, and there was a little bit of mix here, right? The 30 billion, I think definitely gave a little bit towards uh, some certainty. And if we talk about those 30 banks, uh, 30 billion, the banks that were included on this, of course, Bank of America, Citigroup, JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Bank of New York Mellon, PNC Bank, State Street, Truist. So it was a bunch of banks, right? That came in. Now, one thing also that was stated, I think, that actually hit them in the after hours was the the comment from the first uh, Republic's board of directors saying that since the close of the business on March 9th, 2023, increase in short term borrowings from federal home loan bank by 10 billion at a rate of 5.09 percent. And they also had stated that um, 
they previously attained this additional liquidity and had since drawn on its borrowing capacity due to recent developments in the banking industry. So it was at capacity, it seems like there. And if it didn't get that 30 billion from the deposits, more than likely was looking grave situation. Um, that's pretty much what they gave. And wow. I think that that's what also hit it back to the downside because they pretty much said that they were at capacity. If they didn't get this 30 billion in deposits, they weren't going to be able to borrow to meet the need that they needed. Holy. Um, there's just so many unknowns. I mean, let's just take it back. And Joel, what are your thoughts here? I mean, you're quiet in the background. but No, because, the because there's one thing that, that, um, that I read about, and, um, and I haven't been able to do enough, enough research on it. But, you know, a lot of these banks, a lot of these regional banks – took on an exorbitant amount of deposits during COVID, right? It wasn't your big banks doing these PPP programs, right? It was a lot of these regional banks. So they just got to a point where they had such a large increase in deposits that they didn't know what the hell to do with them. That, that was Silicon Valley, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, so so like in a, in a, you would think it would be a good thing you know, that, that a bank, you know, had, had too much deposits, but as it turns out, if you lock it up at, you know, one and a half percent, it depends who's running it and making the decisions, right? I mean, you know, they had to make a couple, you know, a couple bips on it. So I, I, I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, it would, too much deposits being a bad thing when, when interest rates turn. So I don't know how maneuverable they were. They were all paper losses. If things would have been, you know, just a little bit more of a, you know, a little bit of an incremental climb in interest rates. Maybe they could have sustained it, but just, you know, boom, zero to five in a heartbeat. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any relief until, you know, until rates start to go down. And, and just remember the one difference here between the financial crisis and the crisis that we're currently in is that the Fed has the tools at their disposal to stop it. I really believe that. So that's the big difference why I don't believe this is financial crisis part two. And, you know, it's the reckoning. It's what was coming. I mean, unless the ball just starts rolling so far down the hill that they can't stop it, they can do an emergency rate cut if they really need to. And it would turn everything around, I think, immediately. So, I mean, they don't want to do that because they're fighting the inflation. But that tool is in their toolbox to stop it now. So if we continue to see bank failures, and I don't know, we don't have a crystal ball, like Mitch is saying, maybe it's done. I don't think it's done. I think we're going to see more. I think we're going to see some more bailouts needed. They will eventually say, look, we have to pause the fight on inflation temporarily here to help out the banking system. And don't kid yourself. They will do an emergency cut if it is necessary. So that is why it's hard to bet significantly against this market here right now because that tool is in the toolbox. And that is why I also say that is a huge win for tech if that happens. That's the whole reason tech got hammered from the entire 2021. The entire mm -hmm. reason was the, the tightening cycle. So if all of a sudden they go, look, we got to cut rates to get these banks stable again, tech wins. So either way, I think tech relatively wins, and I think people are starting to realize this right now. And that's why you're seeing this relentless bid into tech. Again, I wouldn't chase it, 
but from a relative perspective, you know, I like trading market neutral. I'm repeating myself a lot because it's working. I like to repeat mm -hmm. myself when it's working. Um, buying tech and being short of other things is working. It's working again today. Here we are. Groundhog Day from yesterday. Spies down 0.67%. Qs are only down 0.32%. The Qs beta is way higher. In normalized markets, the Qs is always down more than the SPY. But because of this relentless bid into tech right now, tech continues to hold up well. So not saying just flat out long, but if you're putting on relative trades right now, I think it still works. Again, it's went a little bit too far, though. I'd, 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 yeah, I'd like see, I'd like to see is, a yeah, pullback here yeah. now. On Microsoft is really almost scratched there. Microsoft is almost scratched. And Microsoft is, yeah, it's just went too far. Yeah. Microsoft is up 20 points from when we were talking about on the show three days ago. In a financial crisis, a mini financial crisis, whether it's going to be mini for long, who knows? So it's just went a long ways. Well, you guys know what day is today, right? Well, there, there's something that's happening today, right? I think we have the perfect guest for what's happening today. Of course, Joel's favorite, the quad witching day. Come on, let's get to it, team. Let's bring on our guest today. All right, we got CC Legator. Let me oh, fix CC. We love CC. Boom, boom. CC in the house. How we you doing got me? there? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Did this guy? Good? He brought the gold today. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I had to get out my options thesaurus here to try, <laughs> uh, to try and I'm a, I stayed up all night. CC kind of like that was a funny question this morning over email. Joel hit, Joel hit me this morning right before the show. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I know gamma and I know rama and I know delta and I know theta and I knew a lot of thetas when I was in college. But uh PG show. Whoa, Joel, watch out. <laughs> so so let's let's break it down. I know you put triple witch in there. It's a quad witch, but who the mm -hmm. heck trades uh single stock futures right i think they're yeah off exactly so <laughs> the the question was the zero dte and i didn't think that meant detroit edison was going to zero uh <laughs> it's uh zero date to expiration so cc i'm gonna let you take the lead here we're gonna sure. throw in with questions but just just yeah. some unprecedented volatility here yeah, yeah, and it was funny. So Joel hit me and he's like, what does zero DTE mean? But you figured it out in like two minutes. <laughs> he hit me back before I answered. But yeah, no, so today is, you know, sort of the triple witching. And you, you always see headlines into triple witching, like, be, you know, watch out, it's triple witching and all. It's, it's more, you know, it's really good branding, whoever came up with that term. But the big thing to know about as traders, well, there's a couple of things. One is you might see a goofy opening print, right? And that's when all the futures settle. You might see some shenanigans, um, you know, which always happens on like moments like that. It tends to be massive volume on these days, right? Because you have so many things coming to the close for their exp expiry. Towards the end of the day, you'll see massive volume for that last hour and you might see very odd swings, right? As, you know, things either go to zero delta or 100 deltas. And then I think it was, you know, Dennis earlier in the show mentioned something. A lot of times it's a turning point in the market, right? And there's a reason for that. And that's basically all of that gamma 
to use another nerdy term, suddenly clears, right? And, you know, so you might come in <clears throat> on Monday morning and things have totally changed. There might be an underlying bid that we saw the last couple of days that caused that melt up. You know, for instance, yesterday, it's like the queues just melted up all day long. And what that could have been was, <clears throat> if you think about last week, everybody races out to buy puts, right? And they're, um, you know, they're reaching and, the, and then the VIX is exploding and the VIX is going from 18 to 30 and volatility is getting pumped. And so now all of a sudden you're buying a 6%, 7% out of the money put. The options market is assigning a lot more deltas to that out of the money put than they normally would with the VIX at 18, let's say. So what that means is the market maker that sold you that put has to sell a bunch of stock, has to you know sell stock against those puts they're now short and everything. So then all of a sudden the headlines change on a dime, right? Banks are you know getting bailed out, Credit Suisse is getting, you know, all that stuff. And everybody turns around and all the investors are like, I might have just missed my chance to buy Microsoft or whatever. Right. And so they rush into the market. They start buying stocks. Volatility, the demand for puts instantly goes away. Volatility starts to collapse. The market makers are all overhedged now. Right. And then they start buying the, you know, they start buying stocks and pushing it up. And that's, that's what yesterday really had that feeling didn't it? Right. Where you were just kind of like, watching, caught. they were caught. You're watching Google March higher. You're watching Microsoft March higher. Like everything was just kind of marching higher. And yeah, it felt like somebody was caught. Right. Is a great way to think about it. Right. And so anyway, going into a big expiry like this, a lot of those elements might suddenly go away and they might start to actually go away like in the last hour as everybody's sort of closing things. Right. So anyway, the, the big thing to know on a day like this is you might see some weird stuff. There's no real rule of thumb that it's like bearish or bullish or something. I think I saw a stat that it has been bearish lately, but you know that could have just been the conditions it arrived in. I think. I, you know, yeah, just to make a quick point there. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of expirations. You know, a lot of triple or quad witch expirations, and I've never gone into one where you've had this. You know, macroeconomic uncertainty. Yeah. And uh, I guess, like you said, there's no really historical uh, directional cheat code. I mean, with this, what we're in now, is this akin to like, you know, what happened during the COVID, you know, during those expirations? Or is that a little bit of a stretch? Well, no, what's wild is we're almost, what are we, you know, we're almost to the date of that big sell-off right after, remember, it was like right after St. Patrick's Day, yep. the initial COVID, when COVID dropped, right? And I think that day was like maybe down five plus percent. And that was a that was a witching. That was a triple witching day. So and I think that, you know, that may be skewing like how bearish it's been lately, but that sticks in people's memories. Right. And so all of a sudden people are going into the daylight today and sort of what you all have been talking about the entire show. It's like, is this over? I don't know. Um, it's over. It was over for a day and a half. But, you know, as you can see, like, the you know, the all you need with this, the banking thing is these banks are all fine. If nobody, if there's not a run on them. Yes. And if there's a run on them, every bank's in trouble. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like, it's sort of the, that point you made earlier, Dennis, it's like, and I'm not like a typically like a fed basher. I'm sort of ambivalent on the fed. It just is what it is. They're there. 
-hmm. but like they caused this mess like they they kept rates too low for too long mm -hmm. and then they got they were behind the you know the curve and then they raised them too fast mm -hmm. all these banks are sitting there with like one and a half percent mortgage-backed security portfolios yeah. and they're you know they're kind of screwed but yeah like if you stop the bank run you stop this mess and to your point dennis it's like the fed could end this right and they will cc yeah. if it yeah. gets put if push comes to shove they will yeah um, and, and people think there's no way that they're going to give up the battle on inflation the banking system trumps inflation concerns right. all day yeah. long yeah so they're they're monitoring it and i can guarantee you there's people and there's probably people in that fed room talking yeah. about you know maybe we should consider you know not going the quarter maybe we yeah. should consider you know just in case a contingency plan here to come out with an emergency rate cut if the, that we lose more banks maybe that's all on the table we don't know what's happening behind closed doors but i would say if i was in there yeah. i would be very concerned about the banking uh system a lot more than inflation right now yeah which, no, which has come down a bit no, what's worse than inflation is losing all of your money above two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's a bit more of a it's cut. Oh, guys, unfortunately, I don't have that money. So, wow, there you go. But that's okay. But yeah. you keep listening to pre-market prep. You will. <laughs> Maybe exactly. one day. That's, that's there's a reason why I'm here, guys. <laughs> but anyway, going now, circling all the way back to Joel's question on email. So. I had mentioned one of the new things that's being talked about a lot, and it's obviously a massive, you know, of massive interest to traders out there is zero DTE, which is zero days to expiration and or same day expiry. And basically, I forget how long it's been, but they started adding daily exp expirations to all of these uh, market products, right? Like originally it was SPX and all, and then SPY and Q. And I think... IWM might even have like every other day or something like that. Um, but anyway, so what it did is, you know, there's been massive interest and massive volume and volumes are skyrocketing. And then over the last, I would say like month or month and a half, there's been some sort of people have put out warnings that where they think this could go horribly wrong. Right. And I think JP Morgan put out something a couple of weeks ago that it could, do you all remember like the Volmageddon when all the, short vol products blew out yeah that one day remember yeah. a couple of years yeah. ago so people are sort of putting out and they're like oh this is you know everybody should be have an eye on this right and and what jp morgan essentially said was it could turn like a down two percent friday into a down ten percent friday right because there's just so much volume going on and so much you know sort of options changing hand on that friday and you know, if it were ever to happen, and I don't necessarily agree, I, there's some arguments to be made against, you know, why that's a risk. But if it were to ever happen, it would be like on a day like today with like massive stuff clearing the books and everything like that, massive amounts of options, trading hands and things like that. <clears throat> and the only thing I can really say is, and again, I don't necessarily agree with what JP Morgan said, and I could talk all day on it, but they might be right. Um, there's a situation where everybody's just short gamma and the, there's just a massive air pocket like on a Friday in the last like hour. But what I would say is it just sort of, it really, you know, and this is sort of a lesson for trading this market in general right now is you've got to have like sort of defined risk uh -huh. trades and things like that. Because if you're doing a zero DTE trade that the SPY does not move one and a half percent that day, 
your defined risk should be somewhere around that bet, right? And if it goes down 10%, you should be like, thank God I didn't catch that at last, you know, eight and a half percent, right? On that move. And where it would turn into trouble is where people are just basically doing undefined risk because it's been working for the last four months. The day it doesn't go, you could lose everything, you know, you just made for the prior four months. So that's the one thing I would say on like the zero DTE stuff, but it is, it is extremely popular. And then it also happens to coincide. And I don't know if this was, this would be unlike regulators to move this fast, but it came along with the new PDT rules, right? Like it's, so it's popularity skyrocketing, skyrocketing. And they just changed all the pattern day trader rules to be a little bit more restrictive. And, you know, basically you only get uh, one reset or something like that. And if you're under $25,000 in your account and there, I think you have, they reduced it by how many you could do in a five day period by one. And that just hit like a couple of weeks ago. And the only thing I would say to that is, you know, the options market is your friend on, on things like that. Like if you do find yourself in a position and it would trigger some sort of restriction in your account, you know, you, there's, there's hundred Delta options out there that you could, you know, buy a put against your stock that expires like that day or the next day or something like that. Take off that entire risk, live to fight another day on the PDT warnings things. You know, and the same thing is true in options. If you have like a put position, you can sort of close out all the risk on the call side synthetically. Anyway, I'm getting a little nerdy, but like there's just oh, that's those, okay. those that's new okay. PDT rules are, you know, kind of interesting and uh, probably to the audience. What yeah, are I think the new rules? So I was always like the pattern day trading rules is what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I'm, I never pay attention to them because it doesn't apply to me, but yeah. it does apply to some people. I know they complain about you only allowed to do so many trades per yeah. week if your account's under a certain amount right They've made that more restrictive yeah, i always thought, I, I it, thought it was very restrictive already yeah they it just is. made it more restrictive and <clears throat> the timing with the popularity of zero dt was interesting but there's no way they moved that fast right you know they the regulators probably just heard of zero dte like last week there's no way they put in this new rule but can so you tell they, the it probably actually goes back can you, to the. Can you just stop and tell the audience with zero TT because you keep saying it? Can you just talk? Yeah, about so that? zero days to expiration. Days to expiration. Yeah. yeah. And so and, that and... The, the new rules probably go back to the meme <laughs> stock era, actually. Yeah. They probably did it for that. But anyway, the new rules are yeah, you only get like three round trips. So, like, if you, if you bought Qs this morning and then you sold them today, if your account's under $25,000, you can really only do that three times a week. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't understand why these rules exist. It says it's to protect the smaller investor, but at the yeah. end of the day, does the smaller investor really need protection? That's right. the only question that I would say out there. I don't think the smaller investor really needs that protection. Yeah. But yeah. hey, to each his own, right? Um, on that PDT rule. Now, one thing, of course, is with these zero days to expiration. Uh, you can really get yourself in a lot of trouble, right? Yeah. I think that that's one thing that we also want to state because I see tons of brand new options traders and that's the first kind of contract they go to. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's super exciting, right? You get it's it's uh, instant gratification or devastation, right? Yeah. So you have I mean, you're you're operating in basically a three to four hour window and if you, you know, so I, I think that's the lure of it. Um, you know, it, there's nothing necessarily about the options or stock or, you know, like 
that you're trading that day that changes, you know, it's just your time, your time frame is all compressed. So that might, you know, from a trading mentality standpoint, that can be, you know, the people that are involved in that. They've got to, they've got to have the right mentality for sure, because things can, you're watching every tick of the market, right? Which, you know, maybe not necessarily the greatest thing to do as a trader, but some people love it. You know, some people are, I think the majority of people are doing in zero DTE, they are doing, uh, you know, the expected move for SPY today is one and a half percent. Like I'll sell that move. Right. And I'll put on an options trade that the SPY does not move more than a, a percent and a half, or they're doing the opposite. And they're looking at the futures this morning and they're saying, you know, I might you know, the queues are only supposed to, the options are pricing a 1% move. This thing could puke, right? And I'm going to play that. So yeah, it's, it's interesting times and they are, they are a huge percentage of the volume right now. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, let's try and take today out of the equation, which is yeah. going to be, there's going to be a thriller here on uh, <laughs> March Madness in here. And, and, you know, take a look at like, you know, next week or two weeks or three weeks, you know, what, uh, what, what, what are you seeing in that, you know, in the options markets? Can you, I mean, because of its expiration with the banking uncertainty, you know, it's big on wine, but what, what, what's going a little bit farther out on the spectrum? Yeah. What, and what I would kind think, of cues are you getting from the options market? I would think that, so basically what you're going to see is if you see continued sell-offs from here, let's say there's another banking rumor, something along those lines, or, you know, people just decide that tech just went up too far too fast. You're probably going to see fairly violent sell-offs with a spike in vol, right? And if you are fading the move in both directions, let's say, uh -huh. so let's say you get another, you get a quick 5% sell-off or something, and you finally get a chance in that stock you like, I think things in options like a credit put spread against you're basically you know, taking on, you're going long that stock and you're selling that credit put spread at high vol, right? And then the same thing is true is if you want to turn around and do something a little longer term, let's say, you know, I want NVIDIA for the next five months, I would highly suggest at those moments to be doing a debit call spread because that call you're selling on the upside is at least you know, taking away some of that high vol that you would be paying for, right? The worst thing you can do when the VIX is 30 and the market has just sold off is it's go in and just buy calls, right? Because the, the stocks, the market's going to bounce and all of that vol is going to compress as it bounces, right? So you want to set up yourself in ways where that collapse of vol, if you're right, isn't like this headwind against you. And the two ways to do that are like the credit put spread where you're literally short vol, or a debit call spread where you're at least selling some upside ball. Okay, right, CC, like you got any questions? Any, uh, Dennis, you got anything else here? Uh, any questions for Just CC? Just overall, like let's take it back to the macro picture here. And you're an options trader. How do you approach, you know, trading differently when you have the VIX elevated like this? I mean, we've yeah. seen this elevated and it's completely different environment. How does CC Legator approach these markets differently than you were maybe two or three weeks ago? Probably your, 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 you probably, your time frame gets a little narrower, right? So with, if whatever yeah. position you're in can change so rapidly on that changing vol, like, I mean, the VIX went from 18 to 30 back to almost 20 
in like, what is that? Like five trading days or something, right? So imagine like if you have a bunch of options positions and you're long premium, you know, you just saw this huge swing that, you know, was almost more than the Delta swing of your positions, right? So I would say it shortens your short-term time frame, where you know maybe something that used to be a two-week time frame is all of a sudden a four-day time frame, and then the longer-term things, it's sort of you know a little bit of what I was just saying, which is you've really got to take into account what you know overall vol you're buying. So if you're buying out three months, you know you need to make sure that you're not positioned for even by being wrong, even when you're right. You know, and you've got to be very, you know, pay attention to that vol. Like if you were buying a bank stock right now in options, you would absolutely get killed if you were right. Right. Like, right. you know, so the stock's going to bounce, ten, you know, $10. Like I'm saying one of the big banks, let's say the bet you're right. It goes up $10 and you lose money because you just paid twice what the normal vol is wow. in a JP Morgan or something. Right. So you got to be very aware of those kinds of plays and options right now. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Joel's on mute. Don't worry about it, team. It happens once a stream. Got to get him. Got to get him. <laughs> Joel always does that. All right. Thanks, but, uh, CC. Yeah. Appreciate All it right. as always. Thanks, guys. Great to see you. Have a good one. Thanks, Definitely. CC. Thank, thank you very much. All right. I threw up the link there. If you guys want to check out Options wow. AI, definitely check it out, especially if you're maybe just new to Options, want to learn. There's a lot of educational uh, segments there on Option AI. So check it out. I definitely think it's a great platform, especially even just to learn a lot more about Options, especially if you're looking at different ways to attack it, right? That's what it's all about. Really good graphical representation. Let's kick it back to the markets. We, what are we seeing out there? We're getting rocked here. Um, we continue to leak. Some of those tech stocks that we're trading way up have now turned to the red. Microsoft is still trying to hold its gains barely. NVIDIA has come down about three bucks from where it was trading earlier here. Um, again, they're going to be relatively strong. It's got the upgrade. Tech, I believe, is still going to be relatively strong. If you look, it's still holding up very well. I mean, SPY just fell another you know, five, six, you know, 50, you know, 50 cents on SPY if you're looking at that and accused in budge. So, I mean, that gap just got wider, 0.33%. The Q is only down 0.86% the, that the SPY is down. So, amazingly, how resilient the, the NASDAQ is right now, considering what is happening here. I mean, FRC is a story of the day, as always, a story of the week. It's a stock you've got to keep on your screen. Still concerns here. It is down 23% after they did uh to suspend their dividend entirely and obviously they're getting some money in here but i mean was that unexpected that they were going to cut no. the dividend i mean no but this on. isn't this wasn't on that joel this is just yeah. on the whole big picture yeah here. no i understand how, that. how you know you know it's 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 a tough picture here right now and it's just i mean someone knows what that bank's worth right someone know you know someone may know it's worth zero and Someone may think it's worth 50 bucks. I mean, it's just, well, you know, well the, the problem is no uh, one knows that. So I'd say yeah. the opposite, Joel, is the, is the simple fact that nobody knows what this bank is worth right now. If well, we get I, out of this, you know, financial, you know, scary picture of a potential bank run. Yeah, this stock, this bank is worth a hell of a lot of more money than it's going for right now. But that is not the, the, the situation we're in. We are one thing now I worried know, about though. potential bank runs. Um, of course, JP Morgan was an advisor to them when they started going into this situation, and they were part of the billions that came in for their deposits. So if there's any company I think that might know, it would be probably JP Morgan. Again, so I would just state that because they were an advisor so in this situation. We tend, we tend to think that there's always somebody in the know. 
you know, this is a flaw of the overall, you know, retail and obviously, and not even retail, everybody's thought, you know, the market participants thought is that somebody knows, somebody knows when the truth is the bigger problem with all of these institutions is that they didn't know. They didn't know interest rates were going to go up as far as fast as they were. They didn't know that, you know, the Fed was, you know, going to, well, with the raising interest rates, but they didn't know that, you know, they were going to be inverted yield curve for this long and they're going to have these mortgage books that are completely underwater. I mean, we give so much, you know, thinking that everybody else knows they don't. I mean, this insider trading stuff, you know, that people just go on, oh, they know, they know, they know. Sometimes they know, but you know what the truth is? Most of the time they don't. And that's the bigger problem. So, I mean, people saying today, oh yeah, they upgraded, Morgan Stanley upgraded the stock, you know, of NVIDIA to get their bigger clients out of the stock. That's not happening here. You know, like it's probably not happening. It's probably that the analysts haven't known any panic. That is probably the more likelihood. It's not that big scam, a big scheme to lose you of your money. The, the, the hard facts is, is that everybody is just human for the most part. And then you've got humans operating machines, which are operating on the parameters that the humans gave them. Yep. And you get crazy volatility, crazy whipsaws because it's computers versus computers. But we think these computers are geniuses. They're just doing what they're programmed to do. And sometimes the programming is off. And we've talked about this show before, you know, on different situations where you can beat the bots, where you can get in there and actually, you know, um, may extract alpha from high frequency traders in certain extents. Not Citadel. If anybody does know, it's Ken, Ken, Kenny is hey, good. Dennis, sorry to goat. interrupt you. Um, first, I was going to ask you what Paul Kai was, but then I looked it up and uh, I, <laughs> I figured it out. But uh, uh, Mitch, you got you to take over here. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our trade zero segment today. We're going to do it 10 stocks to watch today. Let's get to it. All right, the first stock we're actually talking about, we didn't really get can we to blow, the Just earnings. before you stop, can you blow that up more, that window, yes, so we can see a little bit better? Blow up let's the change it. window. Boom. And, and blow up the change. Can you just grab and yeah, grab that specific window and make can, that I bigger? Can. Yeah. I can. The only we, thing is the text. So I'll, I'll put it back here and I'll try to... Do it to, to there, just to see. So we haven't even talked FedEx. So go right to the top of the screen. Your number mm -hmm. one mover of the day, which didn't get any love on this show, is FedEx. <laughs> it is trading up unbelievably 11%, unbelievable quarter. The market gives zero craps right now. Obviously, they care about FedEx, but the market is not rallying. You would think the market would rally on this, but the market is so concerned about the banking situation that everything is just hiding here. This was a great quarter for FedEx. FedEx can be a driver of the overall market in normal times, but right now the banks just have control of the entire market. But wow, what a quarter, Joel. Quick technicals on FDA. I'm just going to, we got a lot to go through here. I'm just going to give you uh, the pre market high at $29.95. That's right near a nice round number like $230. So that's the target on the upside. Next. All right. Just to give a recap, that was a beat on EPS, miss on sales, EPS guidance going forward. They brought it up. So just to kind of mention that, and also on track to deliver $4 billion in cost reduction. Moving forward to the next stock here, this is going to be MSTR. And of course, this is crypto uh, cryptocurrency stock, yeah. right? 
They Bitcoin do other things, right? Today, but, which we haven't talked about either. The Bitcoin rally has been incredible. Again, tech, yeah. it moves with tech. We know that. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a NASDAQ stock, isn't it? It is. But it also <laughs> has the narrative of the anti-banking system. And with the yeah, banks yeah, collapsing, exactly. people are like, I'm taking it out and putting it in crypto. There's people yeah, I, I heard I heard people talking about this that. I was like, yeah, the they're pumping it on Bitcoin. the internet. This is they're what Bitcoin was built for. So if yeah. it doesn't rally in this environment, it's and, and, and it is rallying. So that's you know the good news here. So I'm not you can't be surprised if Bitcoin is rallying in this environment. This is Bitcoin's environment right now. So you got MSTR number two. That's trading up, obviously, on Bitcoin prices. We know Coinbase is trading up $4 here this morning. can go through all the big guns, the Maras, the Riots. Those aren't the big guns anymore, but they used to be. They're all trading up substantially. That's a Bitcoin trade. What's next? 259.78. Right. I just want to give you 259.78 mm-hmm. is your, your pre-market high. Use that as a, a target. And then um, that's not even the high for the month, though. The high for the month is 68.55. All right. There you guys see the next one get to. We already talked about it, but Baidu on watch today, of course. And I also see another stock on here, another China stock that I'll put on watch PDD up already, too. So keep your eyes on maybe these two. Do we get a little bit of a China tech rally? Let's keep it going. Let's go to the GLD here showing up. What do you guys think about gold trade? It keeps going higher, at least GLD here. What do you think, Joel? Defense. Defense. I don't, yeah, defense. I mean, this has been an <laughs> incredible run. I'll just look at the gold futures 1975.20 as a target on the outside. And oh man, I almost feel like getting rid. I've had this gold for a long time and been through its ups and downs. But uh, let's just let me see what the high close of the move is. High close of the move, wow, is 1942.80. That's my key number in the gold market. Bitcoin, silver, gold, these are yeah. defensive anti-banking system trades. Yeah, the so nugget. So as long as the banking system remains fragile, these bids sustain. Now, what happens is if the banking system stabilizes and it could suddenly do that, that narrative could change very quickly. All right. This is kind of like a leverage trade. If you want to look for leverage day traders, you can do gold with Nug T. You could take that, take a look at that. Uh, let's keep going. Next one I wanted to talk about was cold. This one's also kind of uh, the ultra short for natural gas. Uh, my boil traders out there, what happened to natural gas, man? I'll tell you Holy. one thing. I stopped right back. that trade. I stopped even looking at the trade. I, it's on the it's on the ban list. It's on the ban list. We don't trade natural gas anymore. <laughs> At least for me, it's on the ban list. Wild game. winter, really. I mean, we had some yeah. vicious snowstorms, but temperatures were very mild. We had records here where I'm up in Georgian Bay, record highs where we saw actually, and typically in the middle of February, you're like up here, 10 degrees, you know, five degrees. We saw 52 degrees one day. So don't kid yourself. Natural gas is definitely correlated with what the weather patterns are. It was a mild winter. Yes, there was some vicious snowstorms, but overall, the temperatures were mild. All right. There was one that was on this list. It just disappeared, but I'll still bring it up, which was U.S. Steel. Uh, You guys know I talk about it. We missed all the stocks today. That got they they raised guidance. What did we do today? What did we do? We didn't do anything. <laughs> Thank goodness for Trade Zero. Showing us everything that's up here. Because here we are, just la la bank land. And there's some good news stories here today. Yeah, they provided first quarter 23 guidance. Uh, U.S. Steel sees Q1 EPS to 50. 50- 
eight cents on the low end, 63 on the high end versus a 41 cent estimate. Momentum continues to build in North America full uh, flat rolled market. This was commented by the CEO, uh, Dave B. Barrett. And so uh, he, he guys see it. Nice little move here. I, I'm going to be watching. I, I, I have seen these pull back last couple of days. And you guys know how I always talk about it. Is X going to give it to you? 2480 was uh, yesterday's high. That's right where we're trading in the pre-market. If you want to look right instead of left, you hold 2380. Your next daily high comes in at 2601. Guys, I'm going to let you finish it up. Everyone, be careful out there. Uh, You know, you can trade, maybe trade down your size a little bit because you can still make or lose a lot of money. And uh, we'll be back. We're definitely doing a pre-market prep uh, with stock odds today. And uh, the closing print, we're going to get Mr. Chaikin on the closing print nice. to see what he has to say about that. Triple D, maybe he'll sneak in for a few minutes, too. All Let's right, go. everyone, have a great day. All right. Flip well, them, well, Mitch. I, Let's see what's down. I, I wanted to go, I, I wanted to go one more TLT. Okay, go TLT. Because yeah. What do you think about this trade? Defense, man. These are all correlated. So, again, you've got to understand your relationships. Right now, everything is the market's playing defense some days, offense other days. As mm-hmm. much as tech has been on offense just for the simple reason is that they feel like that's the safest place to be if you want equity exposure. That The common sense place where people go is gold, silver, and bonds in the TLT. And if we think yeah. the Fed is not going to, you know, or if they're going to pivot sooner or potentially even pause, that is a green light to buy the bonds. And that is what you're seeing happen. TLT sells off a little bit yesterday. They buy it right back here today. So um bonds right now again i'd stay away from the corporate some of them because they're a little bit scary and we've seen some of the preferred stocks which are full of bank preferreds you got to be careful with something a product like the pff for that reason there's too many bank preferreds in there but just sticking with the you know corporate bonds or, or, or sticking with the government bonds um that's where money naturally flies to for safety so it's not surprising yeah, we'll see what happens there. Nice little chart there. Can it get back above 108s today? I'll keep an eye out on the TLT. Multiple highs going towards 107.60 area. So I'm going to look to see if we can close above 108s today. Here's your down gap list. There's, of course, SRTP at the top here. Sarepta Therapeutics. Sarepta Therapeutics. Appreciate that. Um, but definitely getting destroyed here. What happened here? They, Dennis, they so this? and I follow this stock closely as well, and I've followed this story for years here. So um, it was unexpected here. And if you want, we can just go to the pro here and tell yeah. you about it. But shares are trading lower. I just read you from the pro, so I don't butcher it. After mm-hmm. we said the FDA has decided to put a whole a hold a public mm-hmm. advisory committee meeting on its SRP nine zero 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 one BLA. So they're talking about more risk in the drug here. So here, you know, you're looking at potentially. Um, you know, putting, you know, when they're having, you never want these committee meetings on your truck. So that's, you know, it's sometimes yeah. not a good thing when they're looking at risk here. So they're concerned, obviously, about the drug. Stock is trained down 19% on it. It's actually uh, a 1.5% weighting, I believe, in the XBI. So if you're looking at why XBI is down a little bit more relative to the market, Sarepta will be hitting that down a little bit here today. And then there's one last one that I wanted to take a look at just on my watch list today is BX for potential maybe downside action. What do you think about this chart, Dennis? I wanted to get your outlook. It's on- come back a long ways. If I was in BX, I would sell it for, again, if the banking system is having problems here, you think, okay, well, Blackstone, but they got some financial exposure here too. Yeah, that's what I'm um, thinking. I, 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 it's had a nice bounce back. I actually think it's coming back into major resistance around 90. I think this is a sell. 
Yeah, that's what I think too. And I'll, I'll be watching to see what happens there in Blackstone. Like always, you guys can keep up with everything, of course, here. And if you guys are looking for an ex extensive inventory of short locates, check out, of course, Trade Zero's flagship software here, Zero Pro. And of course, you guys can get three months off here. I'll throw up the link here and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Any last comments, Dennis? On um, the market? Again, it's going to be choppy. We're staying glued to all the regional banking situation not just frc there's pacw um there's wal you can look at all these things are all moving together as you know and some of these have bounced you know from the lows there. wal incredible moves there look at this moves in wal which we haven't given any love to it was 70 dollars when this crisis started and went down to seven bucks it lost 90 percent in three days and then it went from seven dollars up to 42 so went down 90 percent, then up 500 percent. now it's back down i mean these moves are just incredible Wicked. so again high risk though so if you're trading these i would lower my size when i'm trading these things because the risk is just you know very hard to control and again we saw you know in the case of sivb or in the case of signature bank sbny you could be trading these things all of a sudden they halt them on you and now you're yeah. stuck so that's why you wouldn't want all your trading capital just stuck in something stuck. too. So staying yeah. diversified, it may not even be a matter of losing it, but you could just get stuck for a while. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. and, and again, we don't know when these things are going to reopen. So if you're in those things, you know, and people are asking about the options, what happens with those, that's a whole question mark too. This doesn't happen very often. Sometimes, you know, if you have expirations, let's say today on SBNY, you maybe could talk to your broker. I don't know if you could execute those and get short. Um, it's a confusing situation to say the least when this stuff happens. I know sometimes, you know, the exchanges will actually extend the options to expirations to match up to for when the stock reopens. I'm not sure if that's the case here. This isn't a bankruptcy situation, mm -hmm. um, at least not yet. I mean, they haven't officially announced bankruptcy. So, you know, and, and people automatically assume these things are zero, but we don't know. They've been taken over by the FDIC. That doesn't mean the stock is necessarily zero. It's probably not $70 anymore, SBNY. It's probably going to reopen, you know, in under in the single digits, I would think. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's a zero. So just to automatically assume, yeah, it's 70, it's a zero. We see bankrupt companies. They're not always zero here, Mitch. So uh, very confusing, to say the least. Somebody said they got a sign on SBNY. So, I mean, there are the options. You still have the right to buy or sell with those. So I think talk to your broker about it like that. Yeah, I would definitely call. Broker, yeah, that give call. a call and understand because it could be different broker to broker. But I would think you have the rights. If you're along those options, I would think you have the right. If you're along puts, I would think you have the right to exercise those puts and be short the stock. And then when the stock reopens, mm -hmm. then you can cover it. So yeah, the standard definition would say so, right? The standard definition. So. But it's um, very confusing situation. It doesn't happen a lot. Definitely. So um, one trade that I'm already a little upset about, Dennis, I'm not going to lie. I sold out of my oxy short yesterday, took the gains. I was looking covered, for 60 you covered, you short. Covered your oxy yeah, short. I covered. I, I covered and I was looking for 60 short again. I wanted to sell, you know, the, the rip to the downside. In this case, short the bounce back. Well, already getting pounded here from the 60 down to 58. I'm like, man, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even get me to the open. And it went close. Look, look where it went to 60 on the dot. On the dot, man. I was talking about this yesterday. I was like, can it get back there to my entry? That's why I didn't want to stay in it yesterday because I felt like, yeah, this is just going to ride the wall of worry with the market and then just stop me out, break even. So I took the gain. I was looking to get back in it 
for the short side move on oil, I still can see it, man. It, I, it's I, still relative strength. I wish he'd pick on a different stock because the relative it doesn't, strength it, of Oxy. I, I, went, I went for Chevron. I went for Oxy. Chevron what I went for is one. more of a basket, Dennis, a basket yeah. approach you, more you than just one. Um, I, I was trying to create a basket of them. Yeah, because um, we did this exercise yesterday with Oxy, and we were just showing against the XLE, and the XLE is down significantly from where it was two weeks ago, and Oxy is at the same spot. The reason for that is exactly. Warren is holding it up. So, mm -hmm. I mean, even today, Oxy is down 1.1%. XLE is down 1.43%. So you got that pair on, you pick up another 0.33% here today. I actually did have that pair on. I've been have that pair on. I've had that pair on and taking it off and putting it on and taking it off, holding the long-term account, but I've been taking it off and taking, putting it on. Every single night, I seem to put on Oxy, like short against XLE, and then I take it off, and it's been making money pretty consistently. Money. I don't make money every day, but pretty consistently. But then when you get the Warren Buffett day, I mean, that makes you a lot of money that day. You know, it was a 2% trade on that or 2 and I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was, I think it was close to 2%. Today, same thing. I mean, you don't even get any Warren action, but you still pick up 0.3%. So Oxy's relative strength of the XLE is very noticeable. So Definitely. maybe that breaks down eventually if Warren does even eventually stop buying. Maybe it has a catch-up trade. Maybe it eventually goes there. But I don't know if he's done yet. Yeah, XLM back underneath the triple digits, back into 99. We'll see what happens in the oil trade. Just want to keep it on the radar. I feel like sometimes we get too driven in one sector. We're For looking sure. all at the financials. Now we're looking all at the technology trade. We could be missing a rotation away from the energy names. Of course, no one knows. I'm just looking at it and just trying to stick with where I could see maybe some rotation coming out of going into these tech names, right? So maybe selling some of those energy winners to rotate into some of the technology names. We'll find out. Like always, you guys keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader. I always do it. And I and I missed a good tweet yesterday about that Microsoft AI. So that's why we definitely want to keep up with the, tw uh, with the tweets that Dennis puts out because, hey, not saying that he was telling you to buy Microsoft, but he put the, the catalyst there was a on cat the radar. Well, I was letting you know there was a catalyst. Exactly, was a on the radar. Yeah, I just did a retweet from uh, Mark Neiman, uh, who's an excellent follow on Twitter, who just said about the, you know, the, AI, the AI event today. I mean, it's good to know that stuff because it is a catalyst, and it was a catalyst for moving yesterday. Remember, it's options expiration. I got to go. Options expiration is going to be do it, my crazy friend. moves off the open. I'm seeing large buy imbalances here right now. I think that's why you're seeing the S&P start to come back a little bit. That could all flip. That could all change very, very quickly. Right now, I'm seeing some pretty large buy imbalances in some stocks. But again, option expiration, it's going to be a moving target. All right. Have a good one, Dennis. Have a See great weekend, my friend. Take you care. Too. All right. That's going to do it for us here on Pre-Market Prep. Like always, guys, this is for informational purposes, not for investment advice. You guys smash the thumbs up. Tell us that you guys enjoy pre-market prep. We want to see more comments. We want the feedback. Does this really make a difference in your life? I know that when I was a viewer, that's how I got to this position right here. It definitely made a difference in my life. That's why I stick with pre-market prep every single morning. You guys smash the thumbs up. Let's bring you over now to live trading action. That's coming up next. Lord Ryan and myself will get into the market. We'll see what I'm able to find. Going to be looking at some potential trades. Of course, I did have a little bit of a swing on, took some profit yesterday in it, which was Snapchat. We'll see if Snapchat can keep running, have it from 1063s. It was trying to get towards that 1120 yesterday. So I'm going to look to see if we can break through that 1120. Um, but Meta is down in the pre-market here. So that's a little bit concerning. I'm going to look also at Pinterest to see if that TikTok rumor gets a little bit more lift. Catch Japanese candlestick 
charting techniques starting this Sunday, brand new book that we're getting into with our financial book club. Of course, you guys can uh, join that book club, hit the link. I did hear that some people were having issues getting my emails. It comes 100% from Mitch at Benzinga.com. So if you want to put me on your ad list or your contact list, whichever it is, or you guys can always reach out to me if you're having any issues for the book club. Um, I'll throw up the link right here and I'll throw up my email. You guys can always reach out to me for any questions on Benzinga's YouTube or anything to do with the content side at Benzinga. Always here to make things better. So definitely check it out, team. And Mitch at Benzinga.com last time. And now to get you guys over to some live trading action. Smash the like. Appreciate it like always. We were sponsored today by Trade Zero. Definitely check it out, team, if you guys are looking for an extensive list of short locates. Now to some trading action.